Welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local area. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local area, and of course, a great place for any entrepreneur looking to learn more about the franchising industry. Speaking of entrepreneurs, we've got a serial entrepreneur with us today. She is a coach, a counselor, a connector, and I would certainly say newly an author and entrepreneur. Welcome, Angela Schrader. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Blake. Absolutely. We're going to get to that book. We're going to get to that author piece, but maybe we build up to that, starting with what got you there. You have been an entrepreneur starting businesses and growing businesses for 25 years, right? I have. I uh, started my first business right out of college. I grew up, my dad was a serial entrepreneur. He had a business and built multiple businesses and helped other people Mm -hmm. build businesses. And that's what I saw. So in my DNA, I feel (laughs) like was, that's the way to go. I just didn't know what business it was going to be. But I started a dance studio, dance and gymnastics studio right out of college loved doing that. I felt like I was in my passion being able to dance, share that passion and teach it with students and build a successful business. And then along with that, I started traveling around the country and helping other dance studio owners Uh build their businesses and become more successful. So in came the coaching piece. Yeah. Did you realize that's what you were doing at the time, actually coaching folks? I did. I saw in the dance industry, many of the owners were passionate about dance and knew how to dance, but didn't necessarily know how to run a successful business. So to be able to come alongside them. Now, it was a lot different than the coaching industry now. Uh (laughs) 20 years ago before, I guess there was the internet, but it was new. Right. (laughs) You know, it wasn't like the massive production things that you can do now. It was really Mm -hmm. just coming right alongside someone looking at where they could running their strengths, but fill in the gaps and make their business more profitable. Well, it wasn't my intent drawing this out, but man, that sounds a lot like franchising. So (laughs) (laughs) thanks for throwing in that. Yes. And you then went on to a number of businesses, right? Yes. So um, ended up leaving that business um, after a divorce, after my first divorce and life Uh change, and then had a stint in Mary Kay. I drove a pink Cadillac in Mary Kay for almost seven Congratulations. years. Thank you. <laughs> and did some more business consulting. That just was my passion of, like I said, from growing up to be able to come alongside people and help them make their business more profitable. And then most recently took some skills as the economy changed. And we realized through COVID that not everyone has to be in our office. Mm-hmm. And the labor shortage in the U.S. and took some skills that I learned in outsourcing and helping other businesses do that and started a company that helps business owners and executives spend more time working in their own unique genius, doing what they do best and what sets their soul on fire and delegate the rest through the use of virtual assistants. Sets their soul on fire. I love that terminology. Thank you. And that's the the courageous mind, right? The the business and the book that you recently released. Yes. So that is an aspect of the book. I think that um, what I call unique genius is more than a lot of times we just focus on working in our strengths or working at what we're good at. But I think 
working in your unique genius is really identifying not only what we do best, what our strengths are, mm-hmm. what is getting us to our end goal, what our big vision is, working on getting us to our big vision, and then what sets our soul on fire. Because if it doesn't do all three of those things, it's not necessarily moving us forward. We can be good at things. And a great example in my life, in high school, I was great at math and science. Really great at it. My school counselor told me to go to school for chemical engineering because there weren't a lot of women in that field. Did, top of my class in chemical engineering, but Mm. I hated it. And I so, don't see you sitting in the lab <laughs> for the rest of your life. Just saying. Probably not even for 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so after three years, I looked around and thought, this is not where I'm meant to be. And so too often people focus on what they're good at and what they do best in the business. But it, if it is draining them and not filling them, filling their fuel and their passion, then that's when burnout happens. So that's why I think you really have to spend time identifying what that sweet spot is in all three of those. You've, you've had a few occasions in your life when you've said to yourself, this isn't where I'm meant to be, right? I have. Yeah. Um, personally and professionally of, yeah, that you have to take a look at, this isn't where I'm meant to be. And what, what am I supposed to be doing on the other side and being willing to, take a look at that, being willing to um, make some courageous decisions and not stay comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where I was right before writing the book. I had been in eras of being super successful and building businesses, helping others do that. Um, very, very successful, but was in a season of, I was not doing what I was supposed to be doing. And was in, um, you know, after some personal circumstances and things, just really an area that I was living in mediocrity and defeat. And uh, I talk about in the book, Cycles of Courage. And at that point, I needed to borrow someone's courage. And uh, borrowed someone's courage that saw a champion spirit inside of me and rekindled that um, by loaning me his courage to restart again. And go back into really thriving and doing what I was meant to do. Wow. You took me by surprise with that. I mean, in a good way. So, question for you. You, you borrowed somebody's courage, right? Drew on mm-hmm. somebody else to take yourself somewhere that you could get more, I guess. Yes. How, what advice would you give to somebody who's maybe going through the same thing and they... And they need to borrow some courage to, to use your word. What, what's the first step? How do you do that? I mean, it sounds like you were in a, a tough place, but how did you take that step? Um, yeah, and that is one of the things that inspired me to write the book about this, that far too many people, I think, are living in that mediocrity. They're living with an unsettled feelings of dreams unrealized mm-hmm. without taking a look at what other possibilities there might be to step outside of comfortable. And I would say the first step is putting yourself in environments with people that are doing it well, that have courage, that are big thinkers. And so I talk about cycles of courage. So that might be intimidating. Intimidating, but... I think that's where it starts is just getting that environment. That's the first decision is to surround yourself with those people. That we go through times where we need to borrow courage from others, where we are really good at using courage like a muscle, 
instinctively, and then that we lead best by loaning others with courage. So if you put yourself in an environment with people that, and I think um, happy and the most successful and happiest people take risks more often and are courageous, are in that using courage as a muscle. So if you make an effort to put yourself in those environments with those people, then they will naturally give you a hand and ignite the spirit of courage within you. It's not necessarily something that they say or advice that they give. It's just that energy to, yeah. to get the courage that you've always had with inside yourself. You have a fascinating way of articulating things that I've heard before, but you put it in a unique way that, that is more actionable. Then I've heard from it. So question, as you were describing that, it, it seems to me that a lot of what we're hearing about over the last couple of years, we're, we're sitting here in what is almost the middle of 2022 right now. And a lot of what we hear as far as the great resignation or the big quit, whatever term you want to use, mm-hmm. are folks that are just looking for something more, looking for something different. It seems to me that what you're describing, what you've explained in the book has a lot to do with that. Yes, that it maybe gave people a pause in their life to do some introspection and think, I want, I want something more. Mm-hmm. That there is a dream on my heart that I haven't realized yet. And um, I have been just leave, living in mediocrity, that there is this happiness on the other side. And they're realizing that, that it's time to face those fears and, and go after a dream. Maybe that's one of the best things that's going to come out of COVID. I think so. We actually had to stop and be introspective, be surrounded by the people that we were next to but didn't really know. Interesting. So tell me, what I mean, obviously I see what the inspiration has been. What made you decide to take the step to, I'm going to write a book? There's a million books out there, and there's a whole bunch of them on self-improvement, the larger category. Mm -hmm. What made you decide, I've got something that people need to hear? So I've actually had it on my heart since I was a little girl that I wanted to write a book. No kidding. My grandma lived next to us on the farm, and she had the best collection of old books. Just smelled like old books. (laughs) And I would um, tape over the author's name with masking tape and write my own name as a little five-year-old. You're kidding. And carry them around. And (laughs) so I just knew at that young age I wanted to write a book. And then um, about 15 years ago, I was sitting on my front porch when I lived in Aurora, Nebraska, had the dance studio at the time, and was reading this tiny little book by Gay Hendricks called Five Wishes. And it walked you through an exercise of if you were going to, if you're on your deathbed, what are five things you wish you would have done for your life to be a success? So I took out a piece of paper and wrote the five things down. Fast forward to almost exactly a year ago. And I had gotten back from a walk and knocked that book off my shelf and the handwritten note fell out of the book. And on that list of five was write a book and speak about it. And it was wow. a it was a sort of self-defeating moment of in 15 years, I hadn't lived one of my dreams or moved that forward. And hours later, I went to an event and met James Mansky who I talked about at the beginning um, of this, that someone loaned me their courage. And he had just written a book through an incredible program with a professor at Georgetown. And Did you know this when you were going to this No, event? 
I had never met him, didn't know that, was arriving in a place of completely defeat of like, I just opened, I just saw a piece of paper telling me I hadn't moved my life forward in 15 years or my dreams forward. In your own handwriting. In my own handwriting. And yeah, I arrived and he was talking about a book he just wrote and I'm like, and so told me about it and the next, that week introduced me to the program and started on the journey of making a lifelong dream a reality. Wow, you can't make that up. <laughs> I mean, you can, but nobody would believe it. <laughs> the full story is the is in the introduction of the book. So, so how can we get, so it's The Courageous Mind, that's the yes. name of the book, just came out, right? Just came out, I know it's yeah. on Amazon, correct? It's on Amazon in ebook and Kindle form, and um, the audio book will be coming out soon. That's fantastic. Thank you. What's the second book going to be? believe it or not a lot of people write the first one and it is it is a process writing the book was much more of a process than I thought I think I thought you just wrote a book and it was done but there is all kinds of editing and and steps involved and it was an amazing experience learned so much about myself and writing and how to refine that and how to get the message out to the reader um most people, when they just, I just got done with the year process, started a year ago, and it's a very intensive year. Most people are like, I don't know if I'll ever do it again. But I do believe I have another book. I don't know when, but there's, there's another book inside. Does an author who just finished writing a book, is there anything right now that you're reading or listening to? <laughs> or can you just not imagine putting your eyes on paper right now? No, I actually, I consume most books through Audible. Uh, I just find it easier to consume books that way and consume a lot of them. So I listen to books every morning when I'm walking or doing my workout. And so I usually get through at least a book a week. And I actually, in the whole writing process, even though I'm writing and reading a lot of my own stuff, I kept that up because then it was fascinating how you were listening or looking for different pieces from an author. Yeah, yeah. You get all that done in a week and listen to every episode of the Heartland franchise. Absolutely. I'm so impressed. (laughs) Congratulations. Thank you. Back to that comment. Your, that life moment that you had, it was the Gay Hendricks book? Yes. And it was Five five Wishes. Five Wishes. If you were on your deathbed, five wishes, five things you wish you would have done or completed. Yes. It was a, it's a very powerful exercise, and I use it now when working with business owners in that, that sweet spot of unique genius mm-hmm. that we talked about, of identifying working in your unique genius. That I think one of the first steps is thinking, um, you know, so often people ask us in self-help books and exercises are like, what's your mission and vision? Mm-hmm. What? That's a big statement. What's your mission and vision, right? When somebody asks you, what's your mission and vision? Or you're supposed to write you it down. Tearing through some paper. You're like, oh, I wrote it down here somewhere. I got that somewhere. But we had this, a meeting about that. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of helps you really identify and get there to what your mission and vision are and puts it in some tangible pieces as well. I think without this exercise, we're kind of going through and really identifying what you feel like your purpose is and your mission and vision that we're just going through short-term goals. We're like, how do I build my business? How do I make this much more money? How do I do Mm -hmm. this? But when you think of looking at your life retrospectively, like what do you really want to do? 
if you really want to take your kids to Europe or do something for your parents or write a book that if you knew you were dying, if you were seeing yourself on your deathbed, maybe 40 years from now, what do you hope that you do before then? What do you really want to do before then? And then always having those, you know, in the front of your minds. And then that's what I think your unique genius is, is I'm doing what I do best. I'm doing something that I'm really passionate about, fuels my fire. And those things are moving me towards that list Mm -hmm. of the five things I want to do. Now it makes a lot of sense to me. So one of one of the core offerings of your business that falls under the courageous mind mm-hmm. is bringing in folks who can work virtually, and it's to free up the owner, the operator, the principal to focus on the things that they want and need to focus on. Right? Exactly, yes. How can you delegate so that we're making a list of everything you're doing and if it doesn't fit all three of those categories, mm-hmm. how can you delegate it to somebody on your team? Maybe it's somebody already internally or delegate to a virtual assistant. And so often people will go on Upwork or Fiverr, and those are great sites to get somebody to help you. Yeah. But we all have this fantasy of an, you know, a virtual assistant that's going to do everything for us. But most people don't have any idea what to delegate because they haven't worked <laughs> through that exercise of what their unique genius is. So they right. just think, oh, I just want somebody to just, you know, magically do a list I haven't created. <laughs> First figure out what your unique genius is, what yes. you're going to focus on, and the duties and responsibilities you need to take on to get there. Then... Delegate, yes. Delegate. And so that's what I help business owners do, be aligned in that, and then hand off the right things so that virtual assistant is doing the correct things to support them. Because everything that anyone's doing in your organization should support getting you to those five wishes. Yeah. Or maybe it just needs to lead it all together. (laughs) Fantastic. Angela, I could speak with you for hours on this. This has been eye-opening for me. And we've known each other for a while. We have, It's still been very eye-opening for me. So thank you so much for sharing with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been an honor, Blake. Absolutely. It's The Courageous Mind, the book, the business. What's the official name of the business, please? The Courageous Mind. (laughs) I I came up with the the business before the book, and now it's all one. Branding 101. Yes. Got to (laughs) have continuity and standardization. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us today. As you heard, you can find The Courageous Mind on Amazon, Kindle Downloads. If you have any questions or need any other information, just hit that QR code on the bottom of your screen. Get in touch with us, and we'll get you all the information you need. Speaking of the QR code, don't keep us a secret. Share us. Subscribe, follow, and share, especially episodes like this one, so that we can whip up some interest for Angela's book and convince her to write a second one that we can do another podcast about in, oh, I don't know, maybe six months-ish? Maybe a little longer. (laughs) Thanks to all of you for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Again, we appreciate your time, Angela, with a courageous mind. We will see all of you again on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. A Huda Media Production.